Welcome, everybody! <laughs> I can't help but do that every time. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jabroni Drive featuring Mr. Timothy Schmidt and Tom Lavelle, where we talk everything professional wrestling, particularly WWE, what's going on, some things from the past, and where we think it will be going in the future. Um, on this past week's episodes of SmackDown and Raw, a lot's going on. Um, we're going to cover the draft. We're going to cover some uh, some new lawsuits that are going against Vince McMahon and the WWE. We're going to talk about Road Dogg's comments on, Oma- on Omas, AJ Styles' return, Michael Cole, Punk Visits Impact, Bischoff Quote, and Backlash 2000. Tim, are you ready to, to get started with this week's episode of Jabroni Drive? Oh, yeah, I'm fired up. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to uh, point out a new sign that is uh, displayed (laughs) behind me. We're an attempt to maybe make the show look better. Uh, I bought this sign, but I don't know, Tim. It's just not in the budget yet. We're, we're, We're working on it. Not much of a budget. We're working on a budget. If you'd like to make donations to Jabroni Drive or Schmidt Lavelle, please send them to uh, at Tom Lavelle at Venmo. Um, your, your wife might not uh, like the the whole Jabroni Drive behind the couch sign <laughs> edition. Well, she's not down with that. I got two words for her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those are uh, the two not... words, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Tim. So. This past week was all about the WWE draft and uh, the lead up to um, Backlash. Backlash being this Saturday. Tim, the results of the draft are in. On SmackDown, they've drafted Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, Asuka, Austin Theory, Bianca Belair, Bobby Lashley, Cameron Grimes, Charlotte Flair, Damage Control, Edge, Grayson Waller, Hit Row, Karrion Cross and Scarlett, L.A. Knight, Lacey Evans, LWO, Pretty Deadly, Rick Boogs, Roman Reigns, Sola Sokoa, Shotzi, Tamina, The Brawling Brutes, The O.C., The Street Profits, and The Usos. On Monday Night Raw... They drafted Akira Tozawa, Alpha Academy, Apollo Crews, Becky Lynch, Braun Strowman, and Ricochet, Bronson Reed, Candice LeRae, Cody Rhodes, Dana Brooke, Dexter Loomis, Drew McIntyre, Emma, Humberto, and Angel, Imperium, Indy Hartwell, Indus Share, J.D. McDonough, Johnny Gargano, Katana Chance, and Caden Carter, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, the Maximum Male Models, Matt Riddle, Natalia, Nikki Cross, Odyssey Jones, Piper Niven, Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Riddick Moss, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, Tegan Knox, The Judgment Day, The Miz, The New Day, The Viking Raiders, Trish Stratus, Zai Lee, and Zoe Stark. Free agents, hmm. Baron Corbin, Brock Lesnar, Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, Omas, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander, Elias, Von Wagner, and Zion Quinn. We, um, that's a lot of wrestlers. We could have probably just put up a little graphic maybe with who's on what roster instead of you reading all those names. I'll tell you what, Tom, I look forward more to a Bud Light draft than a WWE draft. <laughs> I, I mean, whoa, what a, what a <laughs> coming in hot with that joke. I uh, dude. I mean, what are we doing here with this thing? It's a joke. It's terrible. I mean, it doesn't really, is, is it really necessary? Is it like, I, I get the two brands, right? I get it. What like, can it just be just what it used to be? Like what, you know what, what? is, what is just the... trying to do something? I guess, I mean, I, I don't know what they're trying to do. And the, and the problem is, is there's really, it's, it's not much brand exclusivity. You know what I mean? It's like towards the end, they're always on different shows and doing this and that. And it's like, Oh wow. These guys from SmackDown are going to be on raw this week. You know, like it, it's not really saying anything. They put the new title on raw and then there's those free agents. Like we listed just at the end that can go anywhere, I guess, you know, it's, it's a joke. It doesn't seem to, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. A waste of time on the shows. I just, and they didn't know. really break up any tag teams. Let me ask you a question. Who 
sits at that table, right? Right. And, and is sitting there and, and we're talking storylines and, and says, man, this year's draft is going to be incredible. Like, right. holy shit, dude. Wait until you see who goes number one. It's going to shake the universe. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Is, and the number anyone, one pick, Roman Reigns. Anyone in the world that's watching wrestling going like, dude, can you believe Roman Reigns was the number one pick? Like, unbelievable. This is outrageous, dude. Like, it's just, it's so, obviously, you know, just like everything else, it's all choreographed and all, like, it just doesn't matter. Like, it, like at least we don't know the results of, like, what the matches are going to be somewhat, right? Right. In, in wrestling, but, like, who gives a shit where they're drafted anymore? It doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't. And there's not like there's a GM for at this point, there's no GM for Raw and GM for SmackDown. They're yeah, the so same they got, GM. So it's like it's not like they're competing against each other. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah, you know? It, it, so yeah. I, I, I hate the draft. I think it's stupid. Um I, well it's perfect timing because I mean WWE is hitting on all cylinders right now with everything that's going on. I mean, they're after such a great year. Uh, I mean, they're starting off you know, after WrestleMania on fire. Yeah, right. We still have no answers to Brock Lesnar and Cody. Why he attacked Cody Rhodes, we still don't know. We, what do you mean? We don't know why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes. Uh, no, no. Co- uh, Lesnar explained it last night on Raw. He got in the ring, put everyone down, and then Cody Rhodes came up and punched him in the back of the head, and that, <laughs> and that was it. And now they're wrestling at Backlash. It's, I'm like, did I miss all, something? <laughs> it was all explained last night. They just don't like each other. You uh, know, there's there's a tension there that's always a, been there. Yeah, there's a, a score to settle. Yeah, right. We don't know why, you know, it's just it's Omos versus Seth Rollins. It's like, hey, we'll just do it. They'll love it. <laughs> it's got Vince McMahon written all over it. And this is this is the big problem. We're heading into Backlash, which is going to be a good pay-per-view. They're going to put on a show as far as the in-ring entertainment and, and the, the wrestlers. They, they've got the top talent in the world in the WWE. So it will be entertaining. But what we've learned, like what we've had the last eight or nine months when Triple H has taken over has been, you know, the storytelling there's been a there's been a, a reason for these things happening not just throwing them together like the last dozen years with Vince McMahon at the helm and not just Vince McMahon you know other guys that are that are running creative you know these these people they're out of touch and they don't seem to know what the WWE universe wants and now this is as an outsider but it just seems to me that Triple H is no longer in control of creative which Brings me to my next thing. There's been a new lawsuit that's been brought up against WWE. So there's a, a woman suing WWE for a working environment that she said was not good for her to work in, um, citing racist uh, um, storytelling and, and different lines that they wanted to put in, not the correct way of training and, and all these all these different things. She seemed to have a lot of complaints. Now, one of the lines was, I guess, you know, it's it's on the line. It's like, is this a is this a, a racist line? It was Bianca Belair. You know, I'm gonna rip my earrings out, or uh, uh-uh, don't make me take my earrings out and beat your ass, or something like that. The other one is something that should never be suggested, if it's true. The alleged suggestion about using a wrestler as the mastermind behind 9/11 in the writing room. I mean, if that's real, that's the create like. You can't pitch that idea. That's what she said. One of the ideas pitched was to use an Indian wrestler as the mastermind behind 9-11. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's not not good. Tim, as someone that, like, you know, wants to pitch ideas and has been in a creative writing process, you know, we do it here on the show. It's um, you kind of try to have, you know, no judgment. You try to say, okay, nothing's off off limits let's throw some ideas out there let's see what sticks that's one you can never suggest so i'm reading what's out now as far as the lawsuit goes and this woman is saying how 
these things were suggested and she wrote a complaint about you know hey you know this is this isn't correct where do i file the report and it seems to me she's like she's filing a lot of reports at a at a new time in her career at, like she just started with the company mm-hmm. it was in 2020 we have the 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 height of you know these protests we have covid we have everything else and this is when she's starting and then she's to so is is this someone that is seeing an opportunity here to to file a lawsuit or you know like i said we need to get rid of these dinosaurs and and, and things that have happened in wwe and as much as Vince McMahon has done for the company, I think he's hurting the locker room now, the morale in the locker room, and he needs to go. And part of me is thinking, whatever has to be done to get Vince out of creative, I don't really care. But I'm not a suing type. I don't know. Am I crazy in in, in kind of my path and what I'm thinking here? Like, this this lady just seemed like she was really hard to work with. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we all had... Had that employee, right? That uh, yeah. their coworker that it seemed to complain and yeah would always raise her hand or his hand about something and yeah go to the boss or whatever. I, I dude, I I have no clue. I without reading, yeah, you know, the language and and what you're reading, um, it sounds like somebody that that is trying to make a name for herself, I guess. Um, but again, you, you know just as well as I do, like those sessions. Those creative sessions, right? Just sitting in a room, throwing ideas against the wall, right? You can't take that and and say, "Hey, there's racism going on," or what have you. Like, dude, some this is all fictional things that we're Thank talking you. about. These are yes. storylines, right? Like, these are this is not really happening, right? Like, right. hey, we're there's movies that have been made about nine eleven, right? There's like obviously there's been movies true movies documentaries and things of that nature but like there's been you know the show 24 i mean had nothing but terrorism in it right and homeland another show yeah domestic attacks things of that nature right we're talking about tv shows here right which i mean raw and smackdown are tv shows right right i used to i used to say all the time it's it's legit a men's soap opera right designed for men um and yeah, that's what it is. Like these, these are storylines, dude. You go watch yeah. a soap opera. You should see some of the goddamn shit that they pull out of there, dude. Like, yeah. my mom used to watch Days of Our Lives every day, one to two o'clock. She, she used to set the re- the the VCR, and I couldn't touch it. And then, like, I got hooked into it. And some of the shit that I saw on there was out of control, dude. Yeah, and so anyway. we don't know everything that's going behind the scenes. And part of me, you know, it, it, I'm I'm torn in this because I'm like. Okay, part of me sees someone that's coming into an environment and they're realizing that this is something that's they're they're not running it correctly, maybe because we don't know exactly. And it's like, man, that person, you know, should be fighting for things to be done the correct way. And then the other part of me is like, well, you've got these people that have built this thing, have been doing it for years, and now they got this newbie coming in saying, No, you need to do it this way, you need to do it that way. Where do I file a a report with human resources about this and this and this and this. And it's like, shut the fuck up and get out. Like I'm sick of this. And part of it is us, I think growing up in an ECW era an attitude era, it was no holds barred back then. And and that was the show we loved. Now there's a lot of things that went on that. Maybe it was like, Oh, you know, you look back and you think that mm-hmm. and times have changed and things that were acceptable then are unacceptable. Now um, Vince McMahon is, obviously somewhat of a seedy character you know and he's done some things that might be looked on as bad things and you know i can't necessarily disagree with that so we'll have to see where this turn like where this goes and all the things that come out but i'm torn on this one i don't like a co-worker that's just a pain in the ass it's just ruffling feathers that annoys the hell out of me but i don't want someone being mistreated here's the thing I think we can both agree on that. If what we know is true, that Triple H was in, was running creative for that window of time, right. and he's not doing it anymore, if this gets Vince out, then let's do it, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you got my vote. That's yeah, right. I'm, I'm with her. <laughs> I mean, but, like, yo, but honestly, do we really know? Like, Are we ever going to know 
if he's actually in creative or if he's not in creative or what's going on or what I was talking to someone that has a bit of information. I can't reveal my sources, but they're in the they're in the biz, I'll say. And from what they were telling me, they they fully think that the locker room is upset that they don't trust that Vince is in charge. They're not happy with the way things are going. And as a fan, I can see that happening. We've seen since WrestleMania, since the sale of WWE, Tim, things have been different and not in a good way. You know, is the show still entertaining? Sure. But it's not like it was. There was a, there was that eight months, that wonderful eight month stretch Tim, where they were hey. turning things around. And we like, I was fully invested. As our, as our good buddy Stone Cold Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin says, "DTA baby, don't trust anybody." <laughs> Tim, some interesting comments this week from um, former WWE wrestler Mister Road Dog, Road Dog Jesse James. You may be mm. familiar with him. He says that Omos has the potential to be bigger and more popular than. The Big Show and Andre the Giant. Now that's that's some heavy Big Show Hall of Famer Andre the Giant, the original Hall of Famer, one of the goats, someone that you could throw on a Mount Rushmore. Is Omas that type of wrestler that can be the draw, can be the character of a Big Show and Andre the Giant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, no. No. I mean, listen. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's like... (laughs) We were just talking about this on our last show. We're already comparing the the, the safety that we drafted to Brian Dawkins. Like, like, this is... (laughs) This is Derek Hall and Jim Tony. Derek Hall and Jim Tony, yeah. Yeah. Um, No, dude, no, no. Like, I, I don't see any promise at all in this guy. I mean... What they did with with Lesnar was nice, right? But like, it just what else does he? He's so limited, dude. Like he's just so limited. And look, Andre the Giant was limited too, but he was a guy before his time. Like no one ever seen anything like him, you know. And we so, saw him later in life where he was yes, kind of yeah. deteriorating. Yeah, he was absolutely. doing stuff in his prime yeah. that was much like the Big Show: good athlete, jumping, yeah. coming off the top rope. Do, yeah. you know flying kicks and stuff like that i'm sorry to interrupt but no well i mean the big show yeah we yes i mean the guy was a, a ncaa basketball player right he was he was an athlete right big show and like the guy could do certain things like he was just an incredible athlete and he got stereotyped which which was a shame right like he kind of got put in that mold of you know andre the giant they made him wear the same singlet like the whole thing right um Omos, yeah, he's a great, he's a big body, you know, strong individual. This guy carries himself pretty well. I think he's, his presence has gotten better with MVP by his side. Um, but I just really don't see it. I, you know what? No, it's going to be interesting. What they're doing right now with, with Rollins, right? They're going to put him against Rollins and backlash. I think Rollins is one of the top wrestlers, I think, in the world probably in in yeah in any company um and that guy is just incredible how he carries himself on the mic and in the ring everything it's going to be interesting to see how they interact um if they have any chemistry whatsoever obviously rounds is going to carry the match um but you know rounds is a smaller individual maybe that power will show um from omas I, i mean he he has a tendency to make other wrestlers look really good in the ring with him so uh, interested to see because this is a different, totally different dynamic than what they did with Lesnar, right? That's two brutes fighting each other. Now you got one of the best in the business uh, in the ring with you. Maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to do with this match is to push Omos and see if he can answer the bell with such a great wrestler and, and Rollins. And, and you know, if he falls flat on his face, then this might be the last we see of Omos. Who knows? This is the chance. You know, we talked about last week how the contrast in styles might help him. Like you're saying, Seth Rollins can carry the match. He can run around, jump around, David versus Goliath, where a Lesnar versus Omos is two, two 
bangers, two big guys going against each other where there's contrast in style. If we don't see it from Amas this weekend, I'm I'm afraid to see we're not going to see much. Road Dog's comments, he's, you know, Omas has the look. He is a monster. And there's something about him. Like when you saw him standing next to Brock Lesnar, he's a foot taller than Brock Lesnar. And you're like, Jesus. Right. And like, listen, I think I just started watch again, watching wrestling when Omas was brought into the four forefront by AJ Styles. Correct. Wasn't AJ right. Styles? Wasn't yes. He was with AJ Styles. And that went nowhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I just don't. I just don't know how that's that's all going to play out. I mean, yeah. As of right now, he's not hand, he's not standing up to the Big Show and uh, Andre the Giant. Who knows what the future will hold? I feel I feel like there's got to be a lot of development there to to reach that peak. Isn't Road Dog part of? Wasn't he part of Creative for a little while too? Yeah, he's kind of been off and on. I don't think he's there anymore, or he was let go and then brought. I had to look that up, but he was off and on with them with creative. I don't think he currently works for the company, but he comes back here and there. Like he was there for the draft when DX came out to, to make a pick and the two picks were NXT guys and Shawn Michaels was all upset. Um, But you know, he, he's, he, he has his own show. He, he knows the biz. He's been in the biz for a long time and he knows how to, to get a crowd reaction. I mean, Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's got the crowd reaction, maybe one of the best ever to start a to start a song. All right. So you said that Omas started and he came on with um AJ Styles. Big story this weekend. AJ Styles comes back after an ankle injury, and it's been months since we've seen him. Tim, I like here we go again. This is a major dropping of the ball. Like, what the fuck? One of the, the biggest wrestlers in the world comes back after being away for months with a broken ankle, and there's nothing. He yeah. comes out. They, they don't even play his music. He comes out with the OC, and it's like, oh, there's AJ Styles. I'm like, holy shit, that's AJ Styles. Like, why is the WWE not making a bigger deal of this? This is another name to bring in to, to throw right in the, the main event card. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the draft because didn't they all get drafted to? Yes. To, so like maybe maybe they just wanted them as a unit, but like you still got to bring that guy out by himself. Like yeah. I mean, I saw some of the uh, not like when you watch Raw. Sometimes there's pumped in like crowd noise and things of that nature, right? That um, yeah, you don't really count up for when you watch it. But like I saw it from like a fan's perspective, like I saw a video from a fan's perspective and my God, like there was like little to no reaction when he came back, which is a shame. And dude, look, I, I, I like AJ Styles. Um, I think I always thought he was a little bit overrated. Like he's awesome in the ring. I think he's fantastic in the ring. Um, there's very few people that can do what he can do. But like, I just always thought he was like really kind of, rough on the mic a little bit um okay kind of che- his stuff kind of was a little cheesy to me yeah um, i would agree there um yeah i just didn't have that kind of edge to him right um but i don't know it's just it is what it is with him but i, I just i don't know maybe he should have gotten a better better reaction and they should have done better by him because he's one of their biggest draws right like right. I, I think he was a he was a reigning champ for extended period of time uh, yep. he held the smackdown title for a while right uh, had some incredible matches as as the <clears throat> wwe champion he was with you know him and john cena had some battles all-time matches when we talked about greatest title changes last week that was up at the top of the list for me was the royal rumble match between aj styles and john cena But this is, again, I mean, and I hate to keep harping on, you know, and and always just pointing the finger at Vince McMahon. Whoever is running things for WWE right now, that is a major miss on a layup. You have one of the biggest stars coming back, and you don't even bring him out to his music so the fans can know, oh, my gosh, it's AJ Styles. You know, that would have been a major pop if his music would have hit. They bring him out with the OC to the OC's music. Like, bring him out to his music, then have the OC come out, have them talk their shit, beat up whoever's out there, and then say they've just been drafted to whatever show they've been drafted to, right? I mean, and 
And on top of that, we haven't seen the OC since AJ Styles got hurt. Yeah. So like they they went missing again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've had they've had quite the the rough stretch. The the what are, uh, Luke, what's his name? What are the Luke? Two guys uh, it's uh Carl Anderson and Luke yeah. Gallows. Yeah, Gallows and Anderson. I mean, Gallows and uh, Anderson. A buddy of mine who's who's in love with the WWE and everything wrestling. When they came over from Japan, he's like, dude, these guys are the best. Are gonna are gonna be one of the best tag teams you'll ever see. And I mean, they got buried in the WWE. Yeah, just terrible. They left. I think they went to Impact, right? Or uh yeah. no, yes, yeah, yeah. They they <clears throat> left and they went to uh they were part of the bullet club and then yeah, then they came then, back and they yeah, said then, they would they wouldn't come back, but then yeah. Vince then Triple H, I think, got them back, and now yeah. here we are yeah. again, you know. So they've had a rough stretch, but like, yeah, we haven't seen them, and then you bring them, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you have to, like, dude, you go back, right? You go back in time, like, you go down these little wormholes, like, you go on YouTube, and one of my favorite things to do is like, when a wrestler comes back, it's like one of the biggest pops you'll ever get, right? Like, right, yeah, you know, when like a wrestler returns from an injury or you know, you hear rumors of someone coming back. Like, I remember when the Hardy Boys came back to uh, at WrestleMania. And I think it was like two or three years ago. And their music hit and they got an incredible pop. Like, those are moments that I love going back and watching. Like, yeah. Edge <laughs> coming back at the Royal Rumble, you know. Dude, AJ Styles coming back after eight months will not crack anyone's top 25, dude. Like, no. that was brutal. And, you know, they've done this before. You know, I remember specifically when Dean Ambrose came back and they screwed that up, you know, and like they, they've done it over and over again. And it's just like it drives me freaking crazy that um, they keep making these mistakes. Now, it's like someone's falling asleep at the wheel, Tom, and, and the ship is just fucking rudderless right now, to be honest. Yeah. And this is tough because I brought you back in. And now it's like, uh, dude, my bad. You know what I mean? They brought me back in. Yeah. So um, another thing was the announcement was um, Michael Cole. um, When AJ Styles came back, it was kind of just like, oh, you know, oh, there's AJ Styles and this and that. Now, I've been a very big critic of Michael Cole over the last year. And funny enough, the last 10 months, I've kind of started to like Michael Cole, his energy and these storylines. And I think it a lot of it happened. His career was rejuvenated with um, Pat McAfee being an announcer and him giving him that energy that you need as an announcer to convey to the crowd like, wow, this is such a big moment, this and that. In my all-time announcers, he's not up there. I'm a big uh, Jerry the King and jr guy michael cole has gotten a lot better is this a vince thing again or is is michael cole is it just he he was he was hot for a little bit and now he's kind of fallen off are you a fan of michael cole i am i think i mean he's it's like he's grown up with the company right that dude has been there for a long 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 time he Um, did make the call when (sighs) when uh mankind mick foley won the title against the rock the, the the biggest pop of all time yeah he did make that call and it was pretty incredible jr was uh sick i believe yeah um no i i've always liked michael cole i, I mean he's been their mainstay I, honestly dude the people that they have right now fucking suck yes i, I mean dude they're I, I, it's hard to listen like dude i i complain to you every monday night when i'm watching raw and what's the irish guy's name i don't even know what his name is i don't that I'm looking it up for right now. This is all Kevin. His name's like Kevin something, and it's 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 bad because I don't care about him. Like that's right. why we don't know his name is because everything seems so forced with him. Like he's just so like, I, I, it just doesn't come off natural with him. Right. Um, and you know, back in the day, you go and look at all these clips, and yeah, you know, obviously, I grew up in the Attitude Era, and. You know, Jr. and and the King were two of the best to do it, and you know, like there was so many like just like nuances and idiosyncrasies. Kevin Patrick, Kevin, Kevin Patrick, Patrick. Yeah. and and like those two worked so well off each other. And King would say some of the most outlandish stuff. And again, 
it was the attitude era. There was a lot of things that those announcers could get away Puppies! with. Right. <laughs> That's some of the stuff that I'm talking about. Hey, even Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain. I mean, Bobby the Brain's an all-time announcer. Yeah. Oh, well, he used to – I mean, dude, we could go back through clips and, like, they would say – uh, they would say heels like heels would be doing something in the ring. Like, you know, like uh, they would get hit with the belt. He was like, he was just trying to place that belt there. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like stuff like that. Like, Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through a window. Look at him. That coward <laughs> just tried to jump out the window. Yeah. 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 The goats. And yeah. these guys are just now I, I, I am liking too. And I should say that I think Corey Graves has gotten much better too. You know, yeah. I was cold on him for a little bit, but I've, I've grown to like Corey Graves. The big one for me is Kevin Patrick is garbage. They need to replace him and maybe he's going on a less is more kind of thing. I don't know, but this, I, I, I get nothing not from him. Well, he was doing, he was doing backstage interviews and Byron Saxon was doing like play by play. I think, right. Well, ba- Byron Saxon was a bore too. He was a what? He was a bore. He was, he was boring. Oh, dude. Yeah. Awful. Um, but like, yeah, I just didn't, I, I don't connect with those guys. And I don't, right. I also don't connect with Wade Barrett either. Like that dude, Wade Barrett. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what the, it sounds like he sounds like he's on steroids. It doesn't even make any sense. Ah. But like, he's, he's not good. Um, Kevin Patrick's not good. I like, I like Corey Grace. I think if you put, we're, we're Corey Graves and Michael Cole ever together? Yeah, they were together, but uh, you know, it was it was it was Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, and Corey Graves was on Raw. But so you know, I, I just feel like like I miss like Amora Rinaldi. He was awesome, and he does like MMA or boxing fights now. Um, mm-hmm. he was great on NXT. I I loved him. I thought his energy was awesome. They need to have some energy. They're just they're they're sitting there. We're, how are we going to be jumping off our seats if they're front row and they're like, "Oh, this isn't this is great," you know? It's like, dude, let me like Jr. You could hear the energy. You could hear the in his voice the passion and and what was going on. And they need to they need to fix that problem right last, away. Last night in the raw uh, at, at the end of raw, it was Rollins versus Solo, and Rollins jumped. He did a flying jumped under the ropes and hit yeah. solo like three oh. different times and Kevin, suicide dive suicide dive and uh kevin patrick was like all three times he was like all he could say was solo oh oh solo he did it like three times and i'm like what the fuck is this dude doing like it's not yeah. that great of a, it wasn't that great of a move honestly it wasn't executed well but like he tried to sell it like it was just some like crazy fucking suicide dive that just was was insane and it it was not at all. Yeah. And I'm not he's look, it's his job to try to sell it, but it just you know, you, you gotta connect with your audience to me. He just doesn't. <laughs> Tim, that's what we should do. We should do a live uh showing of us announcing what's <laughs> going on in the ring, you know. Uh, so we have yeah. our mics. So we're now we're now JR and Jerry we'll do- the King. Yeah. We'll do. I mean, look, I ah. give those guys credit. It's tough to do. It's a it's tough, tough to do. Tough thing to do. It, it yeah. is. But like, if you got it, you got it. Yeah. Some guys are just naturally good at it, and I, I just yeah. don't think, yeah, this guy is. So. Yeah, I agree. Let's try to find someone better. And I hate to say get rid of someone, but put him in another facet. Whatever you do. All right, Tim. He'll probably he'll, <laughs> he'll probably say the same thing about me podcasting. This guy fucking sucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who are we? You know what I mean? We're we're he's, he's we're probably over here. listening. Yeah. He, I'm sure he is. We've got millions and millions. <laughs> We've got dozens and dozens of listeners. Out there. Yeah, I think we got two likes, so that's good. Yeah. All right. Better than none. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. So another thing that we saw last night was uh, Dominic Mysterio. He has really turn the corner and become maybe the biggest heel in professional wrestling. Some would say uh, MJF, even though he's kind of like a face, but the reaction that Dominic Mysterio is getting now, Tim, are you, are you buying into a heel Dominic Mysterio? Do you think he's turned the corner and become the, uh, the main heel of WWE? I mean, he's certainly, he's certainly up there. Um, I mean, he is gotten so much better and you know what? I think, the the father son storyline has really helped. Yeah. Um, 
And kudos to, you know, again, creative as much as we bash them for keeping the gas down on that thing because, you know, it could have been just done after WrestleMania and they could have buried it. But, like, um, I mean, they're they're sticking with it. And it's... Well, I knew they were going to go to that backlash in Puerto Rico. And I'm not trying to – but, like, you know, you want a Hispanic card, you know? It's sure. just yeah. – yeah, I mean, look, and yeah, it's WWE, you know, tapping into a demographic, right? And right. it makes sense, right? And then, you know, they, they bring back Bad Bunny and all that stuff. But I mean, we're talking about Dominic now, and, uh, you know, he's just really improved, um, you know, from the time that I started watching till, till now. I mean, what a character change. Um, and shit, I mean, they've really embraced everything that he's been come like not embraced it obviously as most improved out. wrestler over the last 10 months would you say um or most improved character because it's not really his in ring it's his his mic and his people yeah. hating him i i he might be no I, he's grown up essentially in our you know right before us right like i mean yeah. he's been in the business for quite some time now and you know he was just he just came up and i saw i saw kind of a a thing um related to what they did with wrestlemania like yeah they've they've really tried to create him more in the mold like there's like little easter eggs like the way he cut his hair is like very similar to the way eddie guerrero's hair eddie, was cut, yes. right and there's a lot of things with his wardrobe that like kind of was like kind of a callback to to what you know eddie guerrero used to do and yeah and thing. It, it's kind of it's kind of cool what they're they're tying kind of into his character and uh yeah i would say yeah he's probably in wwe one of the the most improved characters i i dude honestly from the time i started watching to now like for me sheamus has love sheamus so underrated has really done like I mean he he used to be the red dude red haired dude with the weird beard things and yeah, yeah he used to braid his beard and like you yeah. do the they would chant you look stupid at him yeah 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 and like my god he's done such a, a incredible turnaround and I think honestly it's more of his in ring work than it than his actual character yeah you know? like this guy is sacrificing you know ring after ring appearance just like everything he's putting it all on the line and this dude's not young he's like 44 45 years old incredible run by Sheamus one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world not getting the credit he deserves as far as being a top wrestler in the world I mean Tim I mean geez you could put him you could put him right up at the top of any list if you're naming the best wrestlers in the world currently. And I, I, I would argue he's in the top 10, you know? And it's, a, it's a shame because I, I think you have to strap him at some point. You got to put a belt on him. Right. Um, and, yeah, the way it looks right now, I mean, he's probably not going to get that the new, the new belt. Um, theory seems like he's going to hold on to, to, to that, um, to the U.S. title for a little while. I hope. Uh, and and Gunther certainly will not give up that intercontinental. So I think we're going to look at these champions for quite some time, maybe a few extended runs here for those guys. But um, who knows what they have planned for that new the new belt. But, hey, if as long as he keeps doing good work, I think eventually he'll get rewarded. But uh, Christ almighty, I think he, he's probably been one of the better wrestlers I've seen in the, in the course of the last uh, year that I've been watching. Absolutely. And you know what? He he has gotten a lot of, you know, he's he's won the Royal Rumble. He's won the, uh, you know, WWE championship every championship except for the Intercontinental. So he's he's had a career of a big um, he's had a lot of accomplishments in his career. So he doesn't necessarily need the belt. But you'd like for someone that's been giving so much over the last couple of years to be rewarded in some in some facet in the WWE with a belt, another title reign. He deserves it in as much as put yeah. in. Tim, have you ever seen the uh, the best of seven series between Sheamus and Cesaro? No, it's that might be the homework for this week. Oh man, I might try <laughs> to find that. They have a best of seven series, and I might just I might just point you to the last match that they had because I'm sure they'll recap it in the uh, in the montage leading to it. 
incredible. If you're a Sheamus fan and you haven't seen the best of seven series between him and Cesaro, another highly underrated wrestler who struggled on the mic, not the best accent, you know, I don't think the Swiss have the toughest accent, but, and that's not like a knock. Is that a bad thing to say? I don't know. But so, uh, I would check that one out. Timmy, I'm going to try to throw that your way. All right. So this past week, there was sightings of CM Punk at a at an Impact show, another wrestling company. He was at WWE's Monday Night Raw last week, and then the Impact show later on in the week. What is CM Punk doing? Is he trolling everybody? Is he just going out there and, and saying this and that? I'm starting to think more and more that the AEW stuff is a work with him and the Young Bucks. I'm starting to think it was all a setup. I think he was injured. And they were trying to do something to sell out Wembley Stadium. We will see. Eric Bischoff did not take kindly to uh, to CM Punk and what he's doing and going from WWE to Impact to AEW. Maybe he's trying to land a new job. Maybe he's just trolling like we said. Here's a quote from Eric Bischoff from his show. As far as Punk goes, I wouldn't give that piece of garbage the leverage. I wouldn't want him to think for a second that he is the reason that the event sold out. Now, this is in reference to him possibly wrestling at Wembley Stadium with AEW. So he says, I wouldn't want to give him, think for a second, he is the reason that event sold out or got close to or whatever it is. I wouldn't let him even for a moment think that he had anything to do with the success of what I was doing over in the UK if I was Tony Khan, the owner of AEW. What a desperate bitch. Maybe because I have zero respect for him, like none, to me it just came off as a desperate move for attention. I did did controversy. When controversy works in your favor, it's great. But controversy also can have a blowback. I don't think there's going to be any blowback or negative reaction to this other than maybe from me, which doesn't clearly matter. But to me, he just comes off as a desperate little bitch which is clear, which is really what he is. He's a bitch. He's a whiny, overrated bitch. I think Eric Bischoff thinks CM Punk is a bitch, Tim. Um, what do you think of CM Punk's actions? What what's he doing? Is he trolling us all? Is he just trying to to drum up some some interest in his possible comeback to AEW, or is he trying to get a job at a different company? Um, dude, I I don't know. I, like, <laughs> the whole background on CM Punk has been. You know, we've talked about it a little bit on the show. Um, this wasn't your era of watching. I should say that, and I, yeah. you know, I, I know I throw this to you, but you, you know, we, 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 we've watched wrestling, gone away, come back, gone away, and you're kind of getting back into the fold. CM Punk yeah. was an era that you weren't tuning into every week. Right, right, right. But I mean, I know, I know that. Yeah, we. He's he's been in the business and. I mean, there's just a lot. It just seems like he's a very um, polarizing figure, if you will, in yeah. in the wrestling world. And there's a lot of people that love him, and there's a lot of people that that completely hate him. And it doesn't seem like there's any in between. Yeah. Um, and dude, I I don't know what his mentality is. I mean, it seems like he kind of. He kind of just goes with the wind, right? Like, yeah, I think he went to try to go and fight UFC for a little while, and that didn't work out. And, you know, he said he hated the wrestling business, and then all of a sudden he comes back. And, look, listen, that money runs out pretty quickly. You can't keep on going to autograph uh, signings and and make a living doing that, right? He's got to do something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, why why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try to drum up interest and try to recreate your brand and and find find a place to work? You know, like it, it seems smart to me. Um, you know, Bischoff is also. I mean, he's well, he's no. That's he's not, not the pot calling the the kettle black. Yeah. You know? I mean, this guy, this guy's kind of you know built built his entire career off of doing shit like that, right? right. Like he came in as a young hothead in the, into WCW and um. You know, ran with an idea and pretty much ran fucking WCW into the ground, dude. So, yeah. Um, after a great run, we will right. give him some oh, yeah. kudos. Yeah, but most companies survive, you know, when a a faction disbands, you know, yeah, like right. a, like an NWL. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how he's going about it. Um, 
is there there's a show obviously in in Wembley Stadium? Yeah, so AEW has a show coming up. I want to say it's in September at Wembley Stadium. And kudos to AEW. It was announced today before we got on the show that they have sold already 35,000 tickets, which is the biggest number of tickets sold by AEW thus far in the young life of that company. So Wembley Stadium is a big mark in a, in a big market trying to sell that out. If 35,000 is a great number, and it looks to me like they're going to be getting more than that. If they can get 50,000 wrestlers or 50,000 fans to show up. A lot up, of wrestlers. Yeah, there's a lot of wrestlers. That's, that's a big card. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a long night. But so if they can get that, if, if they can sell out Wembley Stadium, to be honest, it's the best thing that can happen to the wrestling industry as a fan. The best thing you could have is competition. We need competition. We need AEW to be doing well. You know, the Monday Night Wars were the best because they had to compete and they had to go against each other. So we want AEW to do well. The more I'm reading into this, the more I think CM Punk is, this is a work between him and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and that this is to sell tickets. And the, the as we're talking about it, I think, wow, CM Punk, to be going to to Raw, to be going to Impact, to with all the history of what's going on in AEW, this is pretty freaking smart to drum up some interest. And one thing I got to give him credit for, he's always gotten eyes on his product. So as much as I am not a big fan of CM Punk, I uh, I gotta say kudos to him. If this is all a work, it is going to drum up business, merch sales, ticket sales the whole deal and can help aw and then ultimately help tim me and you in the cash in the fan of professional wrestling sure yeah absolutely yeah so cm punk as much as i uh, like to shit on him maybe maybe i'm maybe i i'm subconsciously cheering for him to do well tim backlash this weekend are you gonna be tuning in on saturday to uh to backlash yeah absolutely yeah yeah Checking it out. So Backlash, we got a nice card for Backlash. We're going to see what happens with that and then the fallout on Monday Night Raw. Tim, what do you think? They're going to give us an answer to why uh, Brock Lesnar attacked Cody right before it happened? No. Afterwards. Is an answer nope. ever coming? No. <laughs> now, it'll be a, it'll be done. The match will be over. And then they'll move on to the next uh, fake storyline, whatever, whatever that may be. There may uh, be no answers to why Brock attacked Cody, but... When asked the question, what's your favorite wrestling podcast? The only answer is Jabroni Drive with Mr. Tom Lavelle and Timothy Schmidt. We hope you enjoyed this show. Wait, what? Did I miss what something? Happened to, what happened to oh Backlash my God. 2000? Oh, my God. <laughs> Tim, that's what we call a false finish. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we Tim, this week I asked you to check out a wrestling match from Backlash 2000. He gave me homework. He gave me homework. I gave you homework. I- and I was just about to pass it a pop quiz hot shot. Uh, what movie? Speed. So, Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper. Classic if you haven't watched Speed. So, Backlash 2000, a match between Triple H and The Rock for the WWE Championship. The, the, the Helmsley-McMahon regime was in full tilt. It, 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 was, it was at its peak. You had Triple H as the heavyweight champion you had the rock going against him and you had stone cold was supposed to be in the rocks corner to help him out special guest referee mr shane mcmahon who but stone cold couldn't make it to the match right for some reason he wasn't going to be there tim did you watch the match what did you think um so a couple things i noticed number one holy shit dude triple h had to be in the best shape of his life at that point. Incredible I mean, shape. You could see the muscles on like his legs. Yeah, I was like, what dude, the fuck? He was shredded. Um, I mean, he looked fantastic. Um, but like just you could tell, obviously, uh, it sounds weird, I know. Like, he looks it, fantastic. Yeah, look great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but you know, look, wrestlers have gotta look the look, man. You know, like not not everyone everyone can look like Samoa Joe. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. Kevin Owens, right? Um, but that match, the crowd from start to finish 
was just all over the place, right? Like, um, and look, they it sounds a little different now than 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 it would uh you know, live there because the audio wasn't great, but you could tell the crowd was into it from start to finish. Oh, yeah. Um and it, it, it like Shane McMahon's the guest referee. I mean, he's a young Shane McMahon. Um, and you know, the, the storyline is great because it's the standard McMahon versus yeah, McMahon and his his yeah. chosen one versus everyone else. And he's gonna do everything he can in his power to make sure that you know his guy leaves with the belt, right? Right. They're doing fast, they're doing fast counts, right? They're uh, you know, McMahon's interfering, using the belt, you know, using chairs, right? And it's against all odds for the rock. And of course, Stone Cold's not not in his corner, right? For whatever reason, I forget what the storyline is. They don't be. say why. why. Vince McMahon yeah. just comes out and announces that he's not gonna be there. Yeah. They're like, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And because you know, if you know wrestling back then, all three of them were main draws and they never were in each other's corner at all. Right. Um, yeah, they standard it was a standard pass back and forth between title changes between those three guys. Um uh, but um yeah at the end of the match I kind of don't want to go all the way to the end of the match yet but like you know you get your standard like pedigree and then yeah you know, your your table like yeah you know, your announcer's table the right. double the double rock bottom which is pretty solid that was know? awesome and it's crazy because like you know throughout Shane's career this dude has taken a lot of bumps man and and he, out of all people, sacrificed more than more than most, man. Yes, he did. Um, That's why when and- Shane McMahon came back in Detroit a couple years ago, there was this idea of Shane McMahon hadn't been in the company. I want to say it was for seven years. And it was like that attitude era, the ruthless aggression era, ECW, that kind of wrestling had, had been gone. And you thought Shane McMahon's back huge pop in detroit when he came back this is going to change it he's going to come back and and it's it's kind of ironic that years ago i thought man shane's back finally we're going to get some good (laughs) storylines we're going to get some real wrestling and here we are years later like we had it for eight months and now we're back to vince tim sorry to interrupt shane mcmahon obviously uh, an amazing wrestler and character in wwe history Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, obviously the the match um, continues to go in Triple H as well. You know, every so often you get you know, the little hint that you know the Rock could pull us off against everybody, right? Right. And then and then uh, you know Shane McMahon after the Rock bottom gets knocked out, and you know McMahon has Triple H pedigree, uh, the Rock. And there's no refs, and the two bozos start coming out from Briscoe and Patterson. Patterson. (laughs) (laughs) Pat Patterson, the first intercontinental champion of all time. Yeah. Um, You know, and then it's funny because, yeah, this is right after I had stopped watching because I had just gone to college at that point. Um, Yeah, I was at WrestleMania um, 15. Right, which was I think the year before or two years before, maybe that. Uh, I think it was a year maybe? before. It was either ninety eight or ninety nine. Ninety eight. No, 99. it was ninety nine because ninety eight was uh, Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels. That was in Boston, and then ninety nine <laughs> was The Rock, Stone Cold in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, so um, big boss man gets hung at the Hell in the Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a great. I mean, it was a great match, and then. You know, like I always go back and watch all these old clips and yeah, the one meme like that always comes up or the gif, I should say, or gif or gif, whatever the fuck you say. Yeah. How do you say that? When you type in Vince McMahon, he does this face like his his face lights up and it's from the backlash match. Backlash 2000. The Stone Cold music hits and he comes out and he hits everybody with a chair. And leaves the rig, and that's it. And Linda McMahon comes down, and yeah, obviously brings Earl Hebner with her, and you know the Rock hits his people's elbow, and that's the end of the match, and he he wins the title, which is fantastic. But um, it, it it's a great, it's like a very old school, you know, throwback match. There's not a lot of the, like the high flying stuff that you see. No, yeah, some of the the new age matches, right? But like it's such a good match from start to finish. 
you know, it, it has the against all odds type of, you know, deal where you're, you know, you're fighting against the boss and, you know, his chosen one. It's just really, it's a really well, Tim, cool it's, it's interesting you bring that up because even if you talk about the three characters in that match, you have Triple H, The Rock, and Stone Cold. And the new age of wrestling with all this high flying and all these different moves and this and that, which, which a lot of old wrestlers have talked bad against, you have three wrestlers, three of the biggest draws of all time in Triple H, Stone Cold, and The Rock. And all of their styles were that kind of... None of them are really going off the top rope. None of them are doing these flips. They're just duking it out. They're brawling. It's it's hard-hitting. It's, it's the stuff that you love to see. But they sold the story. You bought into the character. You bought into everything that was going on. And it's, 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 it is interesting that you bring that up in that style. It was very similar to what we saw at WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Um, You know, it, there was not a lot of flashiness to that match. It was just an old school kind of look. Cody brings a little flair, you know, with, with uh, some of his moves with the, uh, the diamond cutter off the top. Yeah. Right. Cody cutter, uh, Cody, Cody cutter. Um, like that's kind of the extent of his athleticism that he brings to the match, but it's fine, dude. And it's right. sold and it was perfect. And I thought that was one of the greatest matches that I've seen in recent memory. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good match. It was funny, but, but like, you know, I'm, I'm watching backlash 2000 and I remembered that that was shortly thereafter. Triple H had turned on DX because that, at WrestleMania is when he turned on X Pac, right? And pedigreed him, and right. and so like the the match that backlash started off. It was, um, it was Edge and Christian who had the tag team titles versus Road Dog and X Pac for the for the tag team titles, and right? It was weird not seeing like yeah, badass Billy Gunn with him. I'm like, what's what's going on? Where did he go? Like, and- why is he? I want to say Tori was with them Tory, too. Yeah, 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 not a China or right? yeah. you know what I mean. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was like a strange dynamic. I'm like, this is probably when like DX was trying to hold on, right to to DX without Triple H, and it just didn't work. Yeah, and the badass was probably Mr. Ass at that point. You know, Billy yeah. Gunn was Mr. Yeah. Ass. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but uh, the match ended incredible. Stone Cold comes out and what. I don't know if I've coined this phrase, but I've started calling Stone Cold the king of pops because I don't know if there's a wrestler that has had more incredible crowd reactions than when Stone Cold Steve Austin has come out. As many, and I'm talking authentic, and this is pre-phone and all that other stuff where everyone's filming it, like just the crowd going ape for a wrestler. Just curious, at that point, was Stone Cold like was he in like any like bad health or did he have was he going through something or was he like gone from WWE for a couple of months or something? He has, you know, Stone Cold has a, a laundry list of of injuries. His neck injury and and now Kurt Angle broke his neck in the Olympics, wrestling in the Olympics, and has had major neck injuries for they go to the same neck doctor. And Kurt Angle has a terrible neck. If you see him walking now, he's kind of like hunched and whatever, and he's had multiple surgeries and whatever. On the podcast with Stone Cold, Kurt Angle said that the doctor told him that Kurt that Stone Cold had the worst neck that he's ever seen off of the the pile driver from uh, from Owen Hart uh, back oh, in yeah, the day. Yeah. And oh, yeah. so it was uh, it, it's something that I think had bothered him throughout his career. Definitely cut his career short. And I think uh, something was along like happened along those lines. And he might have had also an infection in his elbow at that point that that cut well, he just for a while. The only reason why I'm asking is because uh, when he came out, he didn't look healthy. He, he kind of looked like he had a, like a beer belly, like he he'd just come off like the. Yeah, off the, the injured reserve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I like, think that's uh... I think that's what happened, and that's part of the reason why he wasn't like the you know in the ring, as you say. You know, right, he just came sure. in and him. 
But uh, incredible match. If you haven't checked out uh, Backlash 2000 in the history of uh, professional wrestling, that's one of the the, the greatest matches um, WWE has to offer. You know, you could throw it right up there. Huge crowd reaction. Great crowd. And we want to say we, we appreciate our crowd out there, especially Tom. for listening to two said sign-offs here. We, we gave you the false finish early. And play my song. <laughs> <laughs>Yes. Yes. We want to thank you for listening to Jabroni Drive. Um, I apologize for the false finish earlier. Timmy, you got anything you want to say to the Schmidt and Lavellites out there as we're signing off? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. I've done it again. I got him again. Tim, you got nothing. I had something for the first time we signed off, and I forgot. At least you remembered to cover the Backlash 2000. I forgot. <laughs> well, we appreciate you listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you like the show, please leave us a comment, a like, or a, a share, or whatever you want to do. And uh, come back next week to listen to us talk about how much WWE is disappointing us again. All right. For Mr. Schmidt, my name's Tom Lavelle. We appreciate you listening. Have a great rest of your week.